I was thinking of going back to that exotic car dealership tomorrow, Jim announced after Margie, his wife, joined him on the front steps of their dream house. Glancing over, he noticed that his wife was lost in her thoughts. Jim nodded to himself and continued pondering the merits of several different exotic cars. Each of them just stood there, leaning up against a pillar on the opposite sides of the front steps and staring down the long driveway toward the security gate below. Jim broke the silence. After finally closing the Western account, I deserve it. I just can't decide which to buy, the Maserati or the McLaren. Do you want to tag along? Margie shook her head no as she folded her arms across her chest. Jim continued, talking more to himself than to his wife. Ah, the Maserati's more comfortable and about $50,000 cheaper, but the McLaren, man, that really makes a statement. Then he deftly pulled the pop top open on a can of orange soda that he'd been holding. With a loud orange foam began unexpectedly spewing up and out of the can and spilling down the sides. He quickly bent over and placed the growing mess onto the front porch step between them. Both looked down and watched as the foam boiled up and out of the can before it settled down in a sticky ring around the base. Would you look at that, Jim said in a matter-of-fact tone of voice. Looks like I lost most of my pop in that explosion. After both of them had slumped down on opposite sides of the step, Margie replied, It's for the best. All that sugar and all those sodas you drink can't be good for you. Jim let the dig drop. After a few seconds, both of them returned to their own internal worlds. The silence, which hung in the air between them, slowly became filled with the sounds of the city, of traffic off in the distance. Jim's thoughts continued to be focused on exotic cars, while Margie's attention shifted to her feet on the step below. Then, in a low, almost imperceptible voice, she began. You know, she said as she stared down at the ants crawling along the polished marble steps. These ants seem to walk around all day long. It's as if they have no idea where they are or where they're going. Jim didn't know how to respond, but he nodded his head as he glanced over at the same ants scurrying around between his wife's feet. Trying to be agreeable, he said, Yeah, they just seem to wander around aimlessly. Margie added, I'm like one of those ants. What do you mean? Jim asked. I feel like I just wander around this house aimlessly. Hmm, Jim grunted in reply. He didn't know how to respond to Margie when she got all philosophical. He sat there, silently, hoping that his wife's train of thought would reach the end of the tracks and he could get back to thinking about exotic cars. In contrast, Jim knew exactly where he was going and what he was doing. He was laser-focused on his sales quota, a number that he had to meet in order to earn his target commission. He knew where each prospect stood in his sales pipeline. Sure. There were blips here and there. A bluebird would fall from the sky or some unexpected calamity would befall a client, but he knew that with consistent effort, he would prevail. He had been successful for the past 20 years and for the next 20 or more going forward, he knew he would be doing exactly the same. He would wake up in the morning, check his cell phone and then his emails. After shaving and putting on his battle armor, he would then march off to compete for sales either in his office or on a call while he was driving to some business engagement 
or while on another business trip so that he could wine and dine and then cajole a reluctant client in some godforsaken city somewhere. Saturdays would be spent on the links, golfing for contacts. Most nights, when he wasn't away on a business trip, he wouldn't roll into the driveway until after 10 p.m., after attending some gala or some charity shindig, hoping to cultivate the image of a good Samaritan. But in reality, he really only went to rub shoulders with influential people, more potential sales opportunities. It was all calculated effort, which he had honed over the years. He had taught himself to focus only on befriending the people who could influence his business success and slough off everyone else. And it worked. He had won the prestigious Big Kahuna Sales Award four times in the past ten years. The award plaques hung in his office behind his chair, proudly displayed where everyone could see them. The Big Kahuna Award also came with a fully paid week vacation in Maui, Oddly, though, he had taken the Maui vacation only once. Business wasn't conducted at the resort, so he found himself bored. No, seriously, Margie said, interrupting Jim's daydreaming. All I have done, all I can remember doing, is cooking dinners, cleaning house, and raising the girls while you were still at work or off on some business trip somewhere. Um, well, that's something, Jim replied. He knew as soon as the words left his mouth, that it was an insufficient response. He wanted to say so much more. Instinctively, Jim knew how much Margie had done raising the girls and being involved in their lives. He searched deep within himself, struggling to find words, magic words, special words he could use, but nothing came to mind. Cindy's gone, off on her own now, and Selena will only be here for a few more weeks, before she goes off for her last year of college. What's left here for me after that? I will be like one of those ants, Margie continued, just wandering around this empty house. The sound of a gentle breeze stirred the leaves on the maple tree, but neither of them noticed. They were both lost within the silence of their own consciousness. Breaking the stillness, Jim blurted out, Food. Food? They're looking for food. Who's looking for food? Margie asked. The ants. Oh yeah, the ants, Margie agreed. You haven't done anything wrong, Margie said after a few minutes. It's just that you haven't done anything with me. With us. I work, Jim responded. Yes, yes you do. You work hard. I know that, Margie said. That's why we have this mansion and you have your toys. Then, after letting out a deep sigh, Margie lifted her head as if reciting lines memorized for a play and said flatly, I am unfulfilled. All of this just isn't enough. What about that trip we took to Barbados over Christmas? I thought you liked that, Jim said. What about it, Margie replied. All you did on that trip was what you do when you're at home. You got up early, checked your emails, and spent most of the time on phone calls or on your laptop. It's hard for me to do anything else, Jim complained. Then he ran his hands through his salt and pepper hair nervously. You know, we've talked about this before. My dedication to work is why we have all of this. All of this? All of this are just things, Margie answered. You always want more things. 
What do you want then? he asked. I don't know anymore, she replied. You don't know? How can you not know? I know I don't want this. You don't want this house? We can buy another house. It's not the house, Jim. It's this life. Other people would kill to have this kind of life. Don't you realize that? That's not what I mean, Margie said, shaking her head in disbelief. The sun was a beautiful, deep orange as it was setting over the tree-lined park across the street. Neither of them noticed or commented. I'm leaving, she said, finally breaking the silence between them. Where are you going? Jim asked. I don't know. How long will you be gone? I don't know. I just need something, something other than this. When? When what? When are you leaving? I don't know. You don't have to leave, Jim said hopefully. Once Selena goes off to college, there's not going to be anything left here, she replied coldly. You're going to need to find someone to take care of this place. Then Margie paused a few seconds before opening her mouth as if to say something more, but nothing came out. Jim sat there silent as Margie stood up, brushed down her shorts, and returned to the house. In the fading twilight, Jim lifted up the can of orange soda, took a sip, and swirled it around his mouth while he tried to process what he had just heard. It's not real, he thought, and even if it is, what can I do about it? He thought about chasing after her. He thought about pleading with her. He thought about suggesting therapy. He knew they could afford the very best therapist around. He thought about a lot of things, but then his attention drifted off to a solitary ant, an ant who was trapped in a ring of gooey soda which was left over from the can sitting on the step. He watched the ant repeatedly run into the barrier of orange soda that surrounded him. The ant became more and more frantic, running around faster and faster as the twilight faded. Jim sat there, transfixed, watching until it was too dark to see. <laughs>